winter in London. Snow drifting down and blanketing the filthy pavements, giving the illusion of purity for a while. It was a nicer area of London, quieter, reserved for the modestly rich of society. Not crazy billionaire rich, but rich enough for boarding school and swift rises through the ranks of a high-powered career and a lordship at the end of your life. Wandering through the quiet streets with their white and grey backdrop, golden lamps aglow was where it all began. In a large house. One of the aforementioned boarding schools. Hold him still, I ordered through gritted teeth. I'm trying. It was hard to pinpoint the proper artery when the bastard was squirming. It wasn't the mess I was worried about. I had a spare pinafore and shirt upstairs in the dormitory, but I didn't want to drag this out for too long. If we were going to draw blood, we were going to draw a fucking waterfall, not a little dribble. James, I snapped, furious at his hesitation as the squirming boy lay eyes on the scalpel. I sliced. He screamed. Like the skin of an egg yolk breaking, liquid flowing out, warm and oozing. Blood burst from his neck, soaking my hands, spraying my face in uniform. James clamped a hand over his mouth. That was the neck done. I turned the scalpel to the wrists. The same effect. I felt a warm, wet sensation between my knees. The blood was pooling onto the floor. The thighs. He stopped squirming soon. His white, limp body flopped to the floor, occasionally twitching, the gashes in his skin still leaking. James had dropped the body. He too was white and limp. Oh God, he mumbled, slumping to the floor. What have we done? What have we done? His voice dwindling as the gravity of the situation hit him. We had fun! I reassured him, splishing in the blood on the floor. See? Fun, he repeated, looking horrified. What's wrong with you? We just murdered someone. So? I said. But you saw the way he died, wasn't it beautiful? I could see in his whole being that he was beginning to panic. Sweating, shaking. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. You agreed to this. I reminded him. You knew what you were getting into. Don't go crumbling on me now. I... we... The look I flashed him was colder than the weather outside. You need to keep your fucking cool. Now come on, let's clean up. In case you didn't know, the human body contains rather a lot of blood. Far too much to be soaked up with a dish rag and paper towels. James was pouring sweat, which didn't help matters desperately trying to wipe up the evidence of what we'd done. Something I enjoyed reminding him of. We. That little word. Binding us in our conjoined efforts to end a life. I enjoyed the clean-up process. Splish splish splashing in the puddles of blood while James frantically mopped and dabbed with towel after towel after towel before breaking down in tears and leaving me to do the rest while he sobbed obsessively scrubbing the inky red stains from his hands, looking like an audition candidate for Lady Macbeth. Out, damn spot! Out! God. Pathetic. 
and saw us making our ways back to our respective dormitories, our uniforms so soaked they stuck to our bodies, crusting and congealing. I quickly stripped off. Salt, lemon juice, cold water. Years of being a girl had taught me how to get rid of bloodstains. It'll come out no problem. He'll be found soon enough. It didn't bother me. I found it all rather funny. The hysterical screaming and sobbing of his parents. The utter shock and dumb confusion of the school. The thought of it all gave me butterflies. I couldn't wait to sit back and just watch it all unfold. I lay back on my bed, letting my mind wander, waiting for him to be found. I was almost drifting off when I heard the shrieks and a sleepy smile etched its way across my face. Footsteps running outside the door, screams for help, ambulance, police, anyone! The beat of the chaos was like background music against the contentment that lay resting in my mind, stretched out like a cat in sunlight, blue lights whirling through my window, washing the room's cerulean for seconds at a time. I got up and shook myself out, exhaling deeply, my skin tingling. I made my way down, hordes of students being kept back by distressed staff. I was right. The screeching, bewilderment and grief like termites that had lost their queen. No one knew what to do, how to react, where to go. The only gap in the swell of shock was the paramedic slowly lifting the stretcher, his body covered out into the cold night air. It was as good as I imagined. The next few days were a blur. Classes cancelled, police crawling all over the place. His parents arrived and screamed and wailed and gnashed their teeth over their dead son, and I made sure to be conveniently placed within earshot as they were reassured that everything possible would be done to bring their son's killer to justice, and the school sends their most heartfelt condolences. As if words could soothe their anguish any more than they could the tears in their child's arteries. James cracked. It was only a matter of time. I watched his interview on tape, blubbering and stuttering like a bloody baby walrus or jelly-like. I don't know, he sobbed. She persuaded me into it. It was like she had this hold on me. I can't believe it. She's insane. She's insane. What have I done? What have I done? Stupid cunt shouldn't have ratted me out. If he only incriminated himself. If he had kept his fat mouth shut, we'd have both gotten off, no fuss. But I wasn't surprised. James was soft, as if the weight of his conscience was crushing him. Calm down, Atlas. It's one murder, not the whole bloody world. I'd have sliced him for that as well, but he was in custody now. Well protected. I couldn't go near him. They gave him a plea deal. If he confessed, and got me to confess, he'd get a shorter sentence. He agreed to that readily, like a thirsty dog lapping up water after being out in the sun all day. It made me sick. James was stupid through and through. He should know well enough I wasn't going to confess to shit. The police hauled me in. They interviewed me. My answers were short and bored and didn't provide anything suitable enough to charge me with. We know it was you, the middle-aged detective told me. James told us. James admitted to being an accomplice. How do you know he's not covering for someone else? If you weren't involved, why would he name you specifically? I took a sip of water. I don't know. Jealous? Jealous. I shrugged again. He wants me. 
He can never have me. He's angry about it. The detective leaned forward. Is that how you persuaded him into it? Knowing he'd do anything for you? I smiled blithely, as if I was just going to come out with it and say, yes, yes, that's exactly what I did. I was let go. My parents were called. They knew it was me. They were afraid. I could see shards of fear in their eyes when they looked at me, when they told me I wouldn't be out of school forever, just until this incident was all cleared up. I played with them. Of course I did. Making them frightened in their own home. My manic grins and girlish giggles, I cracked innocent jokes, dancing around the answer. Did I? Or didn't I? Days went by, yet there was no daylight. Just gentle snow, glowing yellow in the warm lights. We went to a museum, we went shopping, anything they could think of to distract me from it all. Buttermint after buttermint melted on my tongue until the sugar turned my mouth numb. Short, grey pleated skirt, knee-high socks, thick white polar neck as bland and as clean as the snow outside. As my conscience. My parents were out. The crinkle of another buttermint wrapper. A peculiar sensation in my mind. Something unfamiliar. Almost like a chip in a windowpane. A pebble coming loose from a cliff. What had I done? I had taken a life. An innocent life. In a brutal, horrible way. His eyes pleaded with me not to. He was struggling, begging for his life, and I killed him. Painfully. I enjoyed it. I took a life. And I ruined my own. And another person's. What the hell have I done? What 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 have I done?